We're coming to the end of our sermon series on sharing Jesus, uh, looking at the parables of Jesus from Matthew about how the kingdom spreads. And uh, we've had uh, a few guest speakers in the midst of this sermon series. We had Mitch Foreman come talk about specifically tangible advice, wisdom counsel about how to share the gospel. And as Pastor Mike mentioned, last week we had a guest speaker who was phenomenal about how the kingdom is spreading to the ends of the earth. Uh, we're going to look at the, the last three um, of Jesus' parables in this chapter. The last three. And uh, uh, David Meehan read them earlier, but they talk about how the kingdom is valuable, obtainable, and exclusive. Valuable, obtainable, and exclusive. Uh, when you think about it, we can all think of things that are valuable. Uh, it's not too hard to think of things that think of jewels are valuable. Uh, a, a, a fancy new luxury car um, is valuable. Gold is valuable. Uh, but then some things that we, we really like are things that are valuable, but they're also obtainable. <laughs> if something's valuable but not obtainable, that kind of loses some of its value for us because we can't actually have it. So that new house maybe that you've been saving up for for many, many, many years and you finally get the opportunity to get the keys to that new house and move in for the first uh, time. That college degree that you work towards over many years, four years, hopefully, maybe five, whatever, to get and to achieve. They're, they're valuable, but they're obtainable. But I think the most valuable things are not only valuable and obtainable, they're exclusive. They're one of a kind, right? If they, something is one of a kind, there's only one of them on the whole planet, it, it, it increases itself uh, in valuable and value. Uh, and when you think of things like love, like marriage is exclusive. And that's what, one of the things that makes it so valuable that this person, this other human being has chosen you, not anyone else on the planet, but you and you only for themselves or your kids. Why you look at them different than any other child in this world because there is an exclusivity to your love, your type of love for that child. The kingdom is all three of those things on steroids, right? It's all three. It is of infinite value. Uh, there is no limit to the value of the kingdom. We'll look more at that in just a bit. It's also obtainable. It's, it's right there in front of your face. The message of the gospel is, is available to the ends. We're trying to make it available to the ends of the earth. Turn in faith. Believe in Jesus. Give your life over to him. Receive him as Lord and Savior, and it's yours. It's valuable. It's obtainable. And it's also exclusive. In the end, you're either in the kingdom, under the rule and the reign of God, or you're not. Look with me at these three parables from Matthew 13 as we close up our series here on, um, on sharing Jesus. There's an outline in your bulletin, but also I think we'll have it on the screen. There should be a Bible in front of you as well. I know uh, Brother David already read them, but let's, let's hear them again. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all all that he had, and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net 
that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The kingdom is valuable, it's obtainable, and it's exclusive. Let's look first at the fact that the kingdom is valuable. The kingdom is valuable. I think the first two parables in particular bring this out. Um, uh, The first two parables, you may notice, are very similar to one another. Uh, If you have a community group this week, you'll talk about what slight differences there are. There aren't many. I'll just give you that heads up. But basically, they're saying uh, pretty close to the same thing. The third parable is is very different in its nature, and we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, But the first parable, a man finds treasure hidden in a field. Now, how did he find it? Maybe he was out looking for it. Uh, Maybe he was searching. Maybe he heard rumors about a hidden treasure. Um, Who knows? I I don't know. Maybe he just happened to stumble upon it. Um, he finds it, and what does he do? He goes, sells everything, and gets the field so he can have the treasure. Uh, the second one, the man is out looking, so we do have a specifically, the man is actually searching for the treasure. He collects pearls, and he happens to come across the pearl of great price, you know, the mother of all pearls. This is the, this amazing, beautiful pearl, and he goes and sells everything to get that pearl. Now, what's he saying? He's talking about the value, the the value of the kingdom. Uh, It's of great value. If you had to to talk about, if you had to sort of appreciate the value of something in the first century, these are the kind of images you'd use. It's like hidden treasure. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's it's almost like a fairy tale, right? I mean, when do you find hidden treasure? Um, Just a funny little story. Our deacons found hidden treasure. Did you know that? Uh, I'm actually not making this up. So, um, they did a search somehow, and they found out that there was a deacon investment that had been lost over the years. And it was found and reclaimed for our board of deacons, not for them personally to use, but for them to use for our church. And it was worth, it had gained in value and in appreciation, tens of thousands of dollars. Did you know that? That actually really happened with our board of deacons. But they found treasure hidden uh, for our church to be used, by the way, for, to serve our community to help those who are in need and also to uh, provide for special events and all these different types of things. Or if you're someone who likes to do antiquing, I'm not an antiquer, but I know people like to go looking at different antique shops, maybe pawn stores, uh, pawn shops. Um, uh, I don't know, you know, we have a celebrity in our midst. Did you know that? So Dennis DeGeneres was on Pawn Stars, and he told me that even still people will come up to him and say, Weren't you the guy that was on Pawn Stars all those years ago? So uh, you can, I think you can go on YouTube and find the episode that he actually is on, on Pawn Stars. But um, uh, if you're antiquing and you happen to come across a particular treasure, a particular uh, valuable item, and you recognize the value of that item, and maybe the, the, the antique store hasn't quite grasped how valuable that item is, and you go and you buy it and you get it for yourself. Uh, my son, when he was younger, collected um, uh, sports cards, you know, ba- baseball cards, basketball cards, football cards, and uh, he was smart enough to buy a Garoppolo rookie card when he was just Brady's backup. Well, if you know anything about football, uh, Garoppolo now plays for San, uh, San Francisco, and they're the only undefeated team in the league. So he bought it for a dollar, and I think he sold it for $150. Smart little kid, right? He found a treasure hidden among the cards at, at uh, Chris's card shop, and, 
in Seabrook, and he had the, the foresight to see it. Uh, some things are of great value, and he's saying the kingdom, the gospel, Jesus himself, is of the greatest value. In fact, of, of infinite value. Now, these guys go and sell everything they have to buy it, and they know that they've gotten a great deal. <laughs> uh, uh, why is the kingdom so valuable? Well, we could spend the rest of the sermon and then some, a whole new series, talking about the value of the kingdom. But if I had to summarize it in two things, number one, the kingdom offers eternal life. Uh, think about it. Nothing in this world offers you eternal life. That, that's more valuable than anything right there. Uh, you could say, well, I want to have this dream vacation, or I want to have this huge mansion, and none of that's going to give you, none of that's going to last beyond the grave. It all comes to an end right there. So the kingdom is of infinitely greater value than anything in this world and anything it has to offer. And the second thing is that the kingdom actually offers joy, real, true, satisfying joy. The church theologians recognize this over church history. Augustine, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you, O God. Or C.S. Lewis said, we cannot find a happiness apart from God because it does not exist. So you see that right in the parable. What happens when they find it? They say, in his joy, he goes and sells everything. This isn't a reluctant, I don't really want to get rid of everything. No, they're saying, I found something of infinitely greater value. I get rid of everything and for an opportunity to have that thing of greatest value. Uh, friends, I think uh, we need to, as Christians and as a church here in Haverhill, convey the value of the kingdom. First of all, do you, do you, rec- do you believe this? Uh, is, is the kingdom the most valuable thing in your life? Uh, some of you guys saw that I, I did a, uh, something I've always wanted to do. Kind of a, now I can check it off my bucket list. I did a, a, a sensory deprivation tank this week. And you guys are like, what is that? And I did it with uh, James Lorenzo, who's here. But, um, so basically, you go in this tank. looks almost like a big coffin. And that, that may not that be coincidental. Uh, and you lay in there. You guys are going to think I'm crazy after hearing this. If you don't. So you, and, and you basically lay in salt water, very highly salinated water, so you're floating. The water is skin temperature, so you almost don't realize it. You're, you're completely blocked out of sound. You actually wear earplugs. And you are in pitch black, or com- almost complete darkness. And you lay there for an hour. <laughs> and not only does it re- relax your body, but it lets your mind sort of think about things. And for whatever reason, I would say, you could say accidentally, I think providentially, um, and and James can attest to this, they set my timer not for one hour, but for two hours, (laughs) accidentally. Um, So I'm laying there, I have no concept of time, but I'm laying there for two hours in this sort of state. Uh, And it gave me an opportunity to pray and to think, uh, but it certainly reminded me, all the stuff in this world doesn't compare to the value of the treasure we have in Christ. At the end of the day, friends, that's all that really, truly matters. Nothing else survives the grave. And nothing else compares to Christ. He's worth going to the highest mountains in the world and reaching tiny little villages (laughs) to share with them a mighty Christ who comes to save us. Uh, friends, I, I think until we grasp that value, <laughs> we can't convey it. Uh, 
that's what our, our goal is, right? That's what we want to say to this world and to our city. We have found the greatest treasure there is. We're not trying to use you. We're not trying to get anything out of you. We're not even really trying to convince you to believe what we believe. What's the value of that? I just want you to know that I have found the greatest treasure that exists in this universe and beyond, and you can have it too. (laughs) That's our message, right? That's what we want to say to our city. We have a treasure of infinite value, and it's now ours, and you could have it too. (laughs) You know, uh, we had a discussion. I was met with a group of pastors this week, and we had a discussion about whether we love people with an agenda. So think about that, right? Do we love people? Do we demonstrate the love of Christ? Do we have an agenda behind that? And uh, the group had different opinions. Here's my opinion pretty clearly. Yes, we always have an agenda. Um, Now, not an ultimatum. Those are two different things. Uh, My agenda in loving anyone uh, outside of uh, Christ is that they would come to treasure Christ someday. So I will demonstrate the love of Christ and serve and care for that person and I have a secret agenda. Actually, it's not even secret because I'll even tell them. My hope and my agenda for you is that you would believe in Jesus. Now, an agenda is not the same as an ultimatum. If you never believe in Jesus, I'll continue to love you. (laughs) But I've found the greatest treasure and why would I not want you to experience that same treasure, the pearl of great price, the most valuable thing in the universe and beyond. Which brings us to the next point. Not only is it valuable, it's obtainable. It's obtainable. Uh, If it wasn't obtainable, (laughs) then this would all be for nothing, right? Uh, It was at BC this week, uh, uh, Boston College, and uh, we were talking about the integration. Met with two deans there. It was a really, really great meeting, actually. The integration of faith and education. And uh, it was really interesting to hear how they approached that. Um, But uh, but it also came up, the, the price tag, of uh, BC is $75,000 a year. Um, so for 300 grand, you can have a BC degree. And now for many people, that seems extremely valuable, a BC degree, but not obtainable. Right? It seems beyond our reach. Uh, but imagine if it was obtainable. Imagine if somebody said, I'm going to give you a full scholarship and, and send you to, to BC. Well, that's what we have here is a gospel that is of infinite valuable but is obtainable. And you'll notice in all three parables, actually, the kingdom is obtained. The man finds the treasure and buys the field. And it ends with him owning the field, probably, you can assume, next, digging up the treasure and pulling it out of the ground and enjoying this incredible treasure. And with the pearl, it ends with him going, selling everything he has, taking it, buying the pearl. It's enough money. It's enough, well, to get that pearl and take it home. And even in the third one, the parable of the net, uh, the good fish, the clean fish, we'll talk more about that, end up where? In the basket, uh, in the container. They're, they're taken home. They end up in the kingdom. And all three examples, the kingdom of infinite value is obtained. And friends, that, that's our message. We want to say that this kingdom, yes, it's of infinite valuable, but it's, it's available. It's open. The doors of the kingdom are open now. now you might say, well, one thing I'm confused about, um, Pastor Rick, is here he needs to sell everything to get it. I mean, we can't buy our way into the kingdom, of course. What's being conveyed there by selling everything? Again, the reference here is to the kingdom, the rule and the reign of God. 
Understand the gospel is available for free. Uh, the gospel, the good news is that Christ, our King, our Redeemer, uh, died in our place on the cross through faith in him and his re- death and resurrection we receive his mercy and his grace our broken hearts are restored are repaired and we have eternal life with him but to live in the kingdom to live under the rule and the reign of god is to submit everything to him what did jesus say to the rich young ruler go and sell everything and then come and follow me. Or to all of us, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and come follow me. There's no part, as we've said in our life, that Jesus says, keep that for yourself. I just want the rest. You can keep that little part of your life, that little sinful part of your life, or that little kingdom that you get to keep that for yourself. I just want everything else. (laughs) He calls us to complete and utter surrender in following him. Friends, this is our message, and this is what we want our city and our world to know, that the kingdom is obtainable. The doors are open right now and right here. Anyone can come. Now that will not always be the case. At the end of the day, it is also exclusive. But right now, right here, turn to Christ, receive him as Savior and as Lord, believe in him and be saved. This grace of of infinite valuable is available to you and to me. As we've gone through this sermon series, we've talked about sharing Jesus. And you know what I, I think it all boils down to? And this was spoken, it's, it's, it's been amazing how the Lord brings things together, by the way. Um, for one, our annual meeting for the BCNE uh, was all about sharing Jesus. I mean, that was what it was all about, the whole thing, the message. That was not, you know, Terry Dorsett and I didn't sit down and plan, plan this out. just happened to be that way. It uh, just happened to be that Pastor Mike's friend Amber was in town uh, during this short window and was able to come uh, and visit. So it all sort of has worked together, uh, uh, sort of the whole, uh, our, our leadership retreat as well, and having Jesus come join us and hearing what God has been doing through his ministry uh, with gangs right here on the street. All this has sort of come together in a certain way. But here's what it all boils down to, I think. You and me need to open our mouths. That's what it all comes down to. Uh, let me give you an example. Money is not going to fix this. Money is not going to na- enable us to transform our city with the gospel. Now, money helps. <laughs> and when you give, especially our members and our regular attendees, when you tithe faithfully and you give generously, that gets used for ministry. It gets used to fund resources for our ministries, to support uh, missionaries. It gets used for our staff, for our facility, to keep it in good use and some neat things are happening in our facility if you haven't heard uh the common ground cafe is going to be meeting here monday through friday uh for the next three months or so uh monday through friday 12 to 4 opening the doors to the community we've gained another uh, church plant there's some other opportunities that are that are opening up and so that's good but at the end of the day if if jeff bezos the uh the the owner of amazon said i'm going to drop 100 mil on first baptist church of haverhill it still wouldn't ultimately solve the issue of, of us truly transforming and reaching our city. For that, it's going to take you and me opening our mouths and talking to our neighbors and friends, talking to our coworkers, talking to our extended family, and sharing good news with them, inviting them to come. I'm not saying that you have to go to New York City 
um, like uh, Mitch and James and Rich Perron and others and just start talking to complete strangers and passing out Bibles. Uh, but it is going to take us being willing to make disciples of all nations, to reach into our city. And friends, one thing I'm learning is our city is very open, uh, actually very open. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm more and more surprised at this, that people aren't as close to the gospel and as close to uh, the Christian faith as you think. I had a brief conversation with a police officer who was sitting in our front uh, parking lot in our vehicle. And I just went and introduced myself. I said, hey, I'm glad, you know, I'm Pastor Rick. And she immediately jumped into, is there anything there's an opportunity for the police to sit down with the pastors in Haverhill and get ideas from you how best, how to, how to best serve our city? And shortly after that, the conversation went to, you know, I haven't really been to church in a, in a long time. I used to go and I said, well, guess what, officer? Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m., we're open every Sunday. Come and join us. And I, I'm finding that more and more, friends, that the door uh, for ministry is available. The kingdom is of infinite value. Well, that'd be mean, that would mean nothing to us if it was unobtainable, but through Christ, the doors of the kingdom are open. And thirdly, the kingdom is exclusive. And this really focuses on this third and last parable uh, he describes the kingdom as like a net they would use a large dragnet um, and they would pull in just everything <laughs> from uh, fishing fishing was a major industry around particularly around the sea of galilee uh, they would pull in uh, all different types of you know crustaceans and fish and whatever else that's in the the, uh, the that large sea there and according to Jewish custom, to kosher laws, particularly you see in Leviticus, uh, they had to be very selective as to what could actually be kept. Uh, most of the stuff would have to be thrown back. Actually, you know where they had to be kept? It's a pretty simple, uh, it was very selective, but it's a very simple law. It had to have scales and fins. That was the rule. So if it was an eel or some type of crab or whatever, you got to throw it back. It had to have scales and fins. That was the only type of fish that the fishermen were allowed to keep. You can imagine, there was a lot of work at the end of the day, going through all that you have, separating one from the other. Actually, if anything, this parable is very closely aligned to the parable of the weeds. You may remember that at the end of the day, the angels go out and separate the wheat from the weeds. And similar language is used for the destination of the unclean fish, as we see for the weeds. He seems to move beyond the imagery of the parable and says they are pushed, put into the fiery furnace, a place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. They're excluded. They're in a place of separation, a place of rejection. That's why you weep. That's why you gnash your teeth in anguish and perhaps regret. A place of judgment. Now, again, the kingdom's open but eventually it's exclusive. Now you might say, that, that seems pretty harsh, Pastor Rick. But I would just put before you this. All love, all true and real love is exclusive. For those of you who are married, we'll use it from the wife's perspective. If your husband said to you, I love you, honey. <laughs> I love you, baby. I love you, as much as I love every other woman. <laughs> Something tells me that's not going to go well, right? You want to hear, 
I love you more than, different than, infinitely more than any other woman out there and in a totally different way. You want to hear exclusion. Are you going to say, you know what? Your love is not very valuable. Actually, you may not use those words. You may have other choice words for your husband if he says that to you. But you're going to say, that's not the type of love I'm looking for from you. <laughs> I'm looking for something better. Or let's use a parent with a child. Uh, the parent says to their kids, you know, I, I love all children. And you, dear one, as much as all those other children too. <laughs> Again, you're going to say, no, a child wants to know that they are uniquely loved. That there is a sense, exclusion to that love. In fact, I think even if we didn't have the third parable, you could sort of still see this from the first two. You either get the treasure or you don't at the end of the day. You either find the pearl of great value or you don't find it. And if everybody in town's got the pearl of great value, that pearl is not of great value anymore, right? There's something unique about it and that uniqueness is exclusive. And at the end of the day, not everyone is in the kingdom. Now, I don't think you can put the fault with God. God has said, come one and come all. In fact, he's commanded you and me, go out there and spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. Make sure everybody hears and everybody knows. The Bible says God holds out his hand all day long. Come, all who will, and receive the grace of Christ and enter into the kingdom. But, like all true love, there comes a day when the kingdom's doors are closed. Not everyone, who believe, not everyone believes this, of course. There are many other views out there, and uh, people find, have a hard time with this. Just to go over a few of them real quick, uh, there are those who believe in universalism, uh, and you'll find many people who believe that, that in the end, everybody, everybody, Hitler and Mao Zedong and Stalin and every other person ends up in glory and in heaven and in paradise at the end of the day. So some people are, are universalists. There are some a little tighter than that that would call themselves pluralists, which basically means every religion gets you to God. So whether you're Hindu or Buddhist or Christian or Muslim or whatever it is, everybody gets to the top of the mountain. Everybody gets to God. And then maybe a little bit tighter than that is inclusivists who say Jesus is the only way, but Jesus reaches out into other religions and through Jesus saves people from all over the planet. I would say that sounds generous. It sounds nice. Um, the problem is that the Bible just doesn't support that. Uh, it misses something very important about the very character of God. If you want a verse, of course, is John 14. I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Uh, Jesus couldn't be clearer. I'm the way to the Father, and the way to the Father is through me. It's the only way to the Father. But I also think, friends, if we bring out, yes, the love and the broad compassion and care of God, but we say nothing of his justice, we say nothing of his holiness, we say nothing of his righteous wrath against sin, then we have not understood God rightly. It's not that his mercy has an end. There is no end to his mercy. It's that his love is particular, as all true and valuable love is. Friends, here's why this is important, I think, too. If we miss this, we lose the motivation to share Jesus. 
If you don't believe that the harvest is coming when he separates the wheat from the weeds, if you don't believe that the day is coming where the unclean and the clean fish are separated and go to very different destinations, you lose a very important motivation from the Bible to share Jesus. You lose the the urgency of saying, people need to hear this message now. Not, Not 10 years from now, we can wait, but now people need to hear that the kingdom's doors are open and we don't know for how much longer. Hear about Jesus, hear about his grace, come to know him and you'll be welcomed at his kingdom. Friends, as we close this series and talk about the kingdom and its spread and sharing Jesus, we end with this, that the kingdom is valuable, obtainable, and in the end, exclusive. It's valuable. It is the most valuable thing in the world, in the universe, even beyond the universe. Uh, Nothing is of greater value than to know Jesus and to have him for all eternity. We love to make idols of other things. Uh, you know, it'd be a wise, it might be a, a, a good sort of conversation to kind of find out the people that you know that you're trying to share the gospel with. What do they value? What do they value most in this world? Somebody's got to value something. Something's got to sit on that height, on that highest point, right? Uh, I, I would guess that it's one of three things, typically. Um, it's it's probably, if it's not God, that is, it's probably family. That's a big one. And I get that one. Certainly, if, if, if there was another option besides God, if, you know, if, things, if there was a temptation for idolatry for me, it would be my family. That would be the thing that would sit on the highest point. For other people, it might be their job. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is why I live. I live to do this type of work. That's the most invaluable thing, the most valuable thing for me. And other Third would be money or possessions, something that they love, a house or, or something, a, a collection that they have. That's become the most important thing. Here's what I would say, friends. By letting people know something of greater value <laughs> is to give them the, give us, the, the greatest gift available. Why? Because all of these other things, if they're raised to the highest place, become mere idols, and they don't deliver. They have no transforming power like the gospel has. Not only that, they're all temporary. Now, Tim Keller, he's a pastor in New York City, said, if I had a temptation to worship anything higher than God, it's my wife. I love my wife more than anything else in this world, and if, I would, had, if I'm tempted by anything, it would be to love her more than God. That would be the only thing, perhaps, in this world that I would be tempted to love more. But he said, if my wife dies before me, what will I do when I'm at the funeral home and my God is in that coffin? We have a treasure of infinite value. And yes, God calls us to love our spouses if you're married and love your kids and take money and possessions and use them for his glory and for his good and to do whatever your job is as best as you can to the glory of God. I mean, use your, use your, your job as an opportunity to witness to other people. Uh, but more than that, do your job in a way that magnifies and glorifies God. 
somebody who does carpentry very, very well honors God by what they're doing, right? It's not just about, hey, this is just an opportunity to witness to this city. I, I want to do this to the glory of God. But friends, as we end this section, it's the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven that we've been talking about. The kingdom is the rule and the reign, but of whom? The rule and the reign of the king, the rule and the reign of God. Pray with me. Our gracious Father in heaven, thank you so much for this reminder from Matthew 13 over these last couple of months of how the kingdom spreads, that the seed is sown, Lord. Different soils receive it differently, but the seed goes forth, that the harvest is growing and growing and growing, and it will grow until that final day. That like a mustard seed, Lord, faith starts off small, both in us, but in the world as well, and it grows into a tree that is so large that even the birds of the heavens can make nests in them. And here as we come to this section, Lord, that the kingdom is of the greatest value, greater in value than anything, even the most valuable things in our lives that fit into order when you're at the top and on the throne. Father, help us not only to treasure the kingdom above all others, all else, but help us to share this treasure with our neighbors and our friends and our co-workers and our extended family, that they might know the king of this kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.